the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. This great nation will endure as it has endured. Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. You are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. From every mountainside, let freedom ring, and if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. Here's your host, Bob France. Yes, indeed. Good morning to you. Thank you for joining us. Ten minutes after the hour of nine o'clock, and we are up, rocking, and rolling at the same time. Right here on a Monday on AM 1420, The Answer. It is the 28th morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord, 2022. And I hope you had a phenomenal Thanksgiving break, Thanksgiving day, Thanksgiving weekend. It's shopping on Friday. Maybe you're going to be online doing some cyber shopping today, trying to grease the uh, the uh, economy a little bit, put a little bit of money back into it. Our capitalist economy is under tr- is in serious trouble, not because of the nature of capitalism, but because of those who don't believe in it continuing to try to crush it. So we've got a lot of work to do in this now Christmas. Can we call it officially the Christmas season now that Thanksgiving is over as well? So allow me to be one uh, to be among the first to say to you, Merry Christmas. 2022 and happy hanukkah to our jewish friends and listeners as well so um yeah we're back at it we're loaded up after four days off of live radio hopefully you enjoyed our best of programs that we had for you on thanksgiving thursday and on uh, black friday uh so now we're back to live and we got a lot of work to catch up on uh this morning 
Uh, coming up in about a half an hour, we're going to talk to Congressman Jim Jordan, as we do each and every Monday. Very much looking forward to that. Uh, so Congressman Jordan will join us at 935. Then Chris Long, the uh, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance, will be back with us. He is sounding a very, very urgent alarm because there's not a ton of time here. Uh, they may be having a cloture vote on the Respect for Marriage Act in the Ohio, or excuse me, in the United States Senate tonight. And we need a few senators to vote against cloture. Uh, we cannot allow the Respect for Marriage Act to actually come to a vote and essentially suspend all of our religious liberty. That is exactly what the Respect for Marriage Act does. It eliminates the Defense of Marriage Act completely, which is already on life support after uh, what happened with uh, uh, Obergefell and the Supreme Court decision. But H.R. 8404 um, would do away with that and end religious liberty for virtually anybody and everybody. Anyone and everyone who is a person of faith would be forced to agree to participate in, etc., same-sex weddings and other strange uh, groupings. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, it, it's kind of bizarre. I, I don't say this haphazardly, but I've said before and I'll say it again. What they did when they ended one man and one woman is they didn't just end the man and woman part. Because that could mean man-man, woman-woman, but what about the one Part. Since they ended one man, one woman, they opened the door for the numbers to change as well. How about two men in a marriage with one woman? Or two women in a marriage with one man? Or three with one or three with two? You understand the point, right? And since they also went ahead and eliminated man and woman from being the consideration of what marriage is, you now also open it up to all kinds of debauchery and strange uh, interspecies potential. And, and, you know, Dr. Piper is famous for saying this. Every time we say you can never imagine that happening, that happens. And you might say to yourself, oh, come on, nobody's going to try to marry another species. Are you sure about that? You haven't looked around at some of the radicalism that is going on right now, particularly people who consider themselves to be trans as furries. They live their lives as as animals. And to think that one of them wouldn't like to marry an animal uh, is to be very, very short-sighted. That's how radical things have gotten. Anyway, Chris Long will join us to talk about the importance of contacting Senator Portman today. That'll be at 1010 this morning. So Jim Jordan at 935, Chris Long at 1010, and you, whenever you're ready, 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. Now, before I get in with the monologue and the news of the day, I'd like to ask you to rise as the patriot that you are. Stand and face a flag nearby if you have one. If you don't, it's okay. Put your hand on your heart and just imagine one. If you are driving, you are, of course, exempted from the request to stand. You don't have to rise. You just stay seated. Be comfortable. Put your hand on your heart. And if you've got a flag somewhere in your car, you are awesome. Good for you. I love the stories of the people who do that. If you are a believer that our Holy Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, might have been trans? Well, you are officially exempted from our request to pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, referencing his father, our God. You may instead take a knee next to your favorite ex-quarterback. If you think I'm kidding, just wait. As for the rest of us, however, let us stand and proudly say, I pledge allegiance to the flag 
of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Yeah. Just when you thought that maybe this transgender movement, this complete elimination of biology, human anatomy, chromosome science, God creating man and woman, just when you think that maybe peak insanity had been reached in the trans agenda, then you have preachers in churches telling you that Jesus Christ himself may have been trans. If you didn't hear about this particular story, I'm sorry to be the one to have to bring it to you. If you didn't hear about this heresy, if you didn't hear about this blasphemy, um, good for you. You're very lucky that you, you waited this long or that it took this long for you to hear it. But we do need to address it. We do need to talk about it. It was at the University of Cambridge in the United Kingdom. Um, a little tiny college there, Trinity College, had a visiting pastor who was preaching, and this particular pastor uh, declared that Jesus Christ himself, emphasis on himself, um, had a trans body, or may have had a trans body. Joshua Heath is the name of the person who gave this sermon a junior research fellow invited to Trinity to give this sermon last Sunday about Jesus Christ having a trans body. Parishioners who attended were outraged. Many screamed heresy. Many left the church in tears. They could not bother to hear, couldn't, couldn't stand to hear anymore. The university dean at the University of Cambridge, Dr. Michael Banner, defended the sermon last Sunday, declaring that Joshua Heath raised legitimate speculation in his Evensong sermon, during which the researcher claimed from the pulpit of the Trinity College Chapel that non-erotic portrayals of Jesus' penis in historical paintings urge a welcoming rather than hostile response toward the raised voices of trans people. Heath said that in Christ's simultaneously masculine and feminine body in these works, if the body of Christ as these works suggests the body of all bodies, then his body is also the trans body. Heath, whose doctorate in theology was supervised by the former Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams, also claimed that in one of the medieval paintings he displayed to the congregation, the spear wound in Jesus' side takes on, quote, a decidedly vaginal appearance, end quote. You heard that correctly. In another, he pointed out how the blood from his side, after he was speared on the cross, 
flows to his groin. He said during his homily, he said uh, during the traditional Anglican service. Uh, well, many in attendance, as I noted, including children, were visibly uncomfortable as he made these comments. Um, an anonymous congregant fired off a complaint letter to the dean, Dean Banner, uh, pointing to shouts of heresy that rang out in the church as incensed worshipers left in disgust. One said, I left in, t- in tears. You offered to speak with me afterwards, but I was too distressed, said the letter. I am contemptuous of the idea that by cutting a hole in a man through which he can be penetrated, he can become a woman. I am especially contemptuous of such imagery when it is applied to our Lord from the pulpit at Evensong. I am contemptuous of the notion that we should be invited to contemplate the martyrdom of a trans Christ, a new heresy for our age. The congregate continued, adding that Heath's truly shocking sermon made me feel unwelcome in the church and that his partner felt violated. In Banner's response to the letter, which was reported in the Daily Telegraph, Banner again is the dean of Trinity College in Cambridge, the dean defended Heath, saying the sermon suggested that we might think about these images of Christ's male-slash-female body as providing us with ways of thinking about issues around transgender questions today. Quote, for myself, I think that speculation was legitimate. This is the dean of Trinity College in Cambridge. Whether or not you or I or anyone else disagrees with the interpretation says something else about the artistic tradition or resists its application to contemporary questions around transsexualism, end quote. He went on to say that he, quote, uh, that he, quote, would not issue an invitation to someone who I thought would deliberately seek to shock or offend a congregation or who could be expected to speak against the Christian faith, end quote. And yet that is exactly what he did. A spokesperson for Trinity College said, neither the dean of Trinity College nor the researcher giving the sermon suggested that Jesus was transgender. Yet they described his decidedly male and female body and described that incidents involving his crucifixion began to resemble female genitalia and with blood flowing from that particular wound to his, uh, to his own groin area. That's not supposed to mean anything, right? I'll close this this morning by reminding everybody that if you are a Christian, you do, you do believe in God the Father, and you do believe in Jesus Christ, his only son. Not his son slash daughter, not his daughter slash son, not some ambiguous form of, of human uh, from God made human. It was his son. He was and is and always shall be when he took on his human form, a biological, spiritual and in every way, shape, or form, a male. And the work of what I would consider to be honest-to-goodness, satanic people hiding in clergy robes, people like this researcher, people like this doctor at Trinity College, supposedly uh, preaching the Christian faith, faith, these people, I swear to you, are satanic. They are demons, and they're coming into the Church of Christ to try to spread this this 
beyond contemptible notion that Jesus Christ might have been half female and half male and therefore a trans Messiah. Um, that is exactly what you get when you invite evil into your into your mindset, into your life. And I hope that everybody who is a Christian hears these stories, shares this story, and makes sure to resound, roundly reject this story. Expose it to the contempt and the revulsion that it deserves. That's the one that blew me the way away the most over the weekend. I re- welcome your response. 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. In Christian churches, believe it or not, preaching Jesus might have been trans. I'll go wash my hands during the break here. It's 924, always right radio on AM 1420, The Answer. There's a smell of stale fear is drinking from our skins. Starting to show a little heavy because that story just needed to be told and it needed to be responded to with what I expect you responded to. And that is disgust uh, and, and, and revulsion. Uh, but that's exactly what the uh, the left is inviting. They're trying to bring it into the church. They're trying to bring bring it into uh, your 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 private lives. They're trying to bring it into your faith life, and they're doing everything they can to try to normalize it. What better way? What better way for Satan himself to try and turn the faithful away from the church? than to have the church bring that which they know to be false, that which they know to be reprehensible, vile, disgusting, and repugnant, such as the idea that our Savior was somehow transsexual or transgender in any way, shape, or form, bring that into, uh, the, uh, uh, into the, uh, to the pulpit and bring that into the congregation, bring that to the people, making them so disgusted and repulsed that they left. I mean, I I can't think of a better way to do it. If I'm if I'm an evil force working to take down that which is good, turn the the parishioners, turn turn the flock against the shepherd, turn the flock against the church itself by having the church present and represent things that are so um, indefensible and so uh, irredeemable. Uh, that the people don't come back. Um, it's it's. I mean, I truly believe this. We have a a little bit of a combination of two things here. We have the anti-science, anti-human biology, the way God made man and woman part of this, and then we have the faith aspect of this, and they attacked both of it. So I needed to bring those up. We'll take a time out here for news, and on the other side of the news, we're going to dive into a whole host of issues, not that one, with Congressman Jim Jordan, who is poised to become the chairman when the new Congress begins of the House Judiciary Committee. We're going to talk to him about some of the work that he plans to do there, and more coming right up on Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. Bigger. Bigger and better and stronger. Always right with Bob France. Sometimes they say huge. On AM 1420. Really large. The answer. 
935, Always Right Radio continues on AM 1420, The Answer, back indeed after a four-day long weekend, enjoyable with my family over the holiday. Hopefully you did the same thing, but like I said, we've got a lot of work to do now between between now and the end of this year and the end of this Congress, this lame duck Congress. Joining us now is a man who is poised to be the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee when the next Congress is convened, Congressman Jim Jordan joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm fine, Bob. Hope you had a hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Yes, sir. Very, very much so. I appreciate that, and I hope you did as well. Now, I hope yep. you have a great uh, last uh, six weeks or so, or five weeks, if you will, of this uh, Congress. So let's let's dive into a couple of different things here. Now, last time you and I spoke, I was doing the Hugh Hewitt Show, and I had a power outage mm-hmm. here. I cut our conversation yeah. short. But you were starting to talk about the special counsel that's been appointed to investigate yeah. Donald Trump on a host of things. Uh, uh, Jack Smith. Uh, chosen by Merrick Garland, is a very interesting choice because he is not exactly a stranger uh, to controversy when it comes to investigations. Can you tell us a little bit about why you're so concerned about who Jack Smith is? Well, because we know that Jack Smith, in fact, we deposed Jack Smith back in the booth 2014 when we were doing our investigation of, of the targeting by the IRS of conservative groups, Tea Party groups, people seeking uh, a 501c4 status. And we found out that Jack Smith was actually looking for ways. We have the emails. We have the, it's in our report that Mr. Eisen and our committee put out back at that time. But Jack Smith was, Smith was looking for ways to prosecute the very people that Lois Lerner was targeting. So not, not trying to go after Lois Lerner for the wrong she did, but go after the people she was targeting, looking for ways to say, oh, did they, did they make some false statements on their application? I mean, petty stuff that he was thinking about trying to use. Now, they chose not to because they had nothing to go on, but that's the guy who has now been selected by the Attorney General of the United States to go after the Attorney General's boss's likely opponent in the upcoming election. That's the guy they picked. Yeah, and, and and so what does that mean? I mean, you know, to you, what does that mean in terms of what their intent here is? Is their intent to really get to true and honest discovery, or is their intent here to slander, smear, and essentially stop a now-declared presidential candidate from being able to have a campaign? Their intent is the same thing it was in 2015 when they when they said that uh, that President Trump was colluding with Russia and they used a dossier that they knew was false to go to a secret court to get a warrant to spy on Trump's campaign and then it was the special counsel Bob Mueller and then it was then it was oh we're going to suppress evidence of, of of the Hunter Biden story just weeks before days before the 2020 election and then it was oh we're going to raid the president's home 91 days before the midterm election it's the same thing they've been doing now for seven years it never stops with these guys because it's all about protecting the power structure in my judgment and the elite and the established whatever term you want to use those folks in washington against anyone who might want to change the place and do what the american people would like to see done like president trump that's what this is about and 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 think about this the first special counsel it was oh it's bob Mueller, respected republican bob Mueller, who republicans said oh he's fine too we'll take bob Mueller. now it's like no no even pretense of like picking someone who's like but, you know, uh, nonpartisan, they're saying we're going to pick the most partisan guy we can find. Jack Smith, who prosecuted the, the Republican governor in Virginia, overturned 9-0 by the Supreme Court. Jack Smith, who was looking for ways to prosecute the very people Lois Lerner was attacking. That's who we're going to pick. They've gotten so 
so arrogant or whatever term you want to use about how they're going to do it. It's not even pretending to be someone who's above the partisanship. They're going right for the most partisan guy they can find. Well, why would they need to pretend? I mean, in all seriousness, why yeah, would they need to pretend? Point. Who's going to hold them accountable? Who's going to who's going to yeah. who's going to call them out for partisanship? Yeah. Who's going to tell everybody that this is you know worse than the other witch hunt because it's uh, you know, as you say it's much much more brazen this time? They have no one to answer to, do they? Well, you're going to call them out. I'm going to try. Members of Congress are going to try. You, yeah. you're, and other conservatives like you're going to, I mean, that's all we can do at this moment. But it's point out the fact, and, and of course, we know the mainstream press, oh, no, Jack Smith, well-respected, working at the Hague now. I mean, uh, okay, fine. But that doesn't, that doesn't change what he did. And you can go back. I was reading through the, uh, the deposition uh, when we talked to him because they, they, got, they also got, in the, in the course of their looking for ways to prosecute they also got confidential taxpayer information from the IRS. They got the IRS to hand over 6103 protected taxpayer, confidential taxpayer donor information that they, the IRS just handed over to the Justice Department. I mean, th- th- again, this is, this is the guy who's now in charge of the special counsel investigation. We're talking to uh, Congressman Jim Jordan, who is going to be the chair of the House Judiciary Committee when the new Congress takes over in January. Uh, let's talk about some other work that you have to do when you do indeed take that uh, that that chair. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Tim Tebow. You wrote a letter, uh, you and others wrote a letter to Tim Tebow, who, uh, of course, is uh, a former FBI official who is, you guys want to question about abuse and misconduct, uh, according to, or excuse me, by senior officials at the agency. According to the letter, uh, you need him to step forward, and he is apparently resisting to responding to this uh, this request. Yeah. Eventually, you'll have subpoena power, so you can be a little bit more than just a request. But can you tell us more about what you want to talk to Tim Tebow about? So uh, a whistleblower goes to Senator Grassley and says Tim, Tim Tebow was involved in the suppression of the Hunter Biden story two years ago in October. Uh, again, as we said, just days before the, the most important election we have, the presidential election. So mm-hmm. that's who the whistleblower who went to Senator Grassley talked about, Tim Tebow suppressing that information, involved in that in that suppression of inform- information. We had different whistleblowers come to our office and say, oh, by the way, this same individual, Timothy Tebow, was also one of the guys at the Washington field office pressuring people to catalog, uh, catalog and categorize cases as uh, domestic violent extremism cases. And so we, we, on two different fronts, this guy's involved in what is our biggest concern about the, the DOJ and the FBI, which is how political they've become. So we got this guy two different times, two different whistleblowers, that, that I think just underscores how political that place has gotten. So we said, let's talk to this guy. After all, he was the assistant special agent in charge of the Washington field office, the office that a different whistleblower told us was, quote, rotted to the core. So th- that's why we want to talk to this guy, who's now suddenly left the FBI a few months ago, decided he was going to leave and retire from the FBI. Mm. So we want to talk to him and uh, for all those reasons. It is Tebow one of a number of rungs on a ladder that will eventually reach up to Chris Ray or even to Merrick Garland in terms of investigations? Well, here's what we know. Uh, the concern is not the rank-and-file agents across the country. In fact, 14 of them have come to our office. Others have went to Senator Grassley and Senator Johnson. We don't think that's where the problem is. We think those guys are busting their tail doing the work that they're supposed to do. We think the problem is at the Washington field office, at the, at the headquarters in D.C. Uh, so... Yes, he was one of the key players there. So we think that will help us get to the bottom of what, in fact, is going on at the Washington field. Remember, they, they, they had this term back during the, 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 the Trump-Russia investigation, the Hillary Clinton investigation. They called them headquarters specials. So instead of running them out of the field office 
wherever this is, the Virginia field office, Washington. They ran them out of headquarters where you have the political people. That, I think, is the biggest problem with the FBI and what we want to um, get to the bottom of so that it changes and doesn't continue in that uh, in that way. Well, in a similar way, Congressman Jim Jordan, we don't want to have anything continue in a similar way to our COVID response when we had our <laughs> pandemic emergency. I want to talk about Dr. Fauci, and I don't know if this is something judiciary plans to do or not, but Dr. Fauci, of course, needs to answer a lot of questions. He was deposed, uh, 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 I think it was on Friday, um, or maybe it was, I, I yeah. don't remember the day, but it was, but it was, it was a Friday. Okay. Last week, yeah, last yeah. Week. He was deposed uh, in a lawsuit that has been filed by two attorneys general from uh, Louisiana and Missouri, yeah. uh, Jeff Landry and Eric Schmidt. And uh, in this, this was, of course, uh, talking about his uh, collusion, if you will, to uh, to uh, censor and stop what they could deem to be misinformation from being presented. Um so that's in this particular case. And according to Jeff Landry, uh, Attorney General Landry, tweeted that all of a sudden, Dr. Anthony Fauci, who was the expert on everything, knew nothing. Quote, it was amazing to spend seven hours with Dr. Fauci, the man who single-handedly wrecked the U.S. economy, based upon, quote, the science, only to discover that he can't recall practically anything dealing with his COVID response. Congressman, how do you how do you feel about his sudden case of amnesia? And what happens if you get him before your committee and the same amnesia takes over? Well, we, we hope to, uh, at some point down the line, get him back in front of the, um, there's a select committee on coronavirus mm-hmm. that is part of the overall oversight committee. So, um, uh, Senator Comer, or excuse me, Representative Comer will be running that, that, the, the oversight committee. So, look, we have a plan in place that we think makes sense to, to get to the bottom of the origins, get to the bottom of the gain of function issue, and all those things that, that, that are related to Fauci and, and, and the response to COVID. Um, but yeah, Fauci, he has misled us time and time again. You know, he, he's the one who told us that, the virus didn't start in the lab. There wasn't you know, function research. It wasn't our tax dollars. He told us that the vaccinated couldn't get it. The vaccinated couldn't transmit it. He told us masks didn't work. Then they do work. Then one mask, two masks, no mask. I mean, he's been all over the place. So yeah, I would. I want to get him eventually for a deposition and um, um, for in front of the uh, the committee. But the people I really want to talk to first are the eleven virologists on the conference call on February first, twenty twenty where I believe Fauci and Collins got those individuals to change their story. And instead of saying this thing likely came from a lab, they said, no, 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 you're a conspiracy theorist if you think it came from a lab. This was a bat to a penguin to a, to a person uh, kind of, kind of uh, thing. So those are the people I really want to talk to first and then work our way to Dr. Fauci in this investigation. In, in your opinion, Congressman Jordan, what is the most important component of all of this now? Is it determining the original origin and making it official, or is it in the future, you know, establishing new protocols and laws, passing laws if need be, legislation that stops uh, anybody in the federal government from mandating shots again, from uh, locking down schools and, and businesses again, those kinds. In other words, is it the origin of the response that is the most concerned at this moment? No, it's both. Probably more the latter, because you know that the latter has an impact on on how our our government works and how our rights are protected. So you know we had a, we had a, a thing here in Ohio where the, the legislature finally overruled, uh, uh, and God bless the leaders of our of our state senate and state state house who overruled Governor uh, Dewine and said no 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 you can't just unilaterally lock our state down forever. It's got to at some point come back in front of we the people's elected representatives in the general assembly. So uh, long term, that's the most important thing is protecting us from 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 governors who just mandate things on on we the people. So I think that's, but in order to do that, I think you have to, in order to help us do that, you have to show they lie to us. They misinformed us all along the way on a number of different issues. And even now, my understanding now is 
the majority of people who are getting COVID are people who've had the vaccine. And for months, they told us if you get the vaccine, Joe Biden said it himself, if you get the vaccine, you won't get the virus. Now, I'm not against the, against the vaccine. I think it was helpful, particularly for older Americans who had underlying health concerns. But it shouldn't have been mandated, and you shouldn't have told us things that were not true. We're talking to Congressman Jim Jordan this morning, as we do each and every Monday on Always Right Radio. Let me pivot to energy, because this has a lot of people, uh, you know, just, you know, uh, for, uh, palms on foreheads. Wait, we can't drill and expand and maximize energy output here in the United States, but we'll go to a socialist leader like Maduro in Venezuela, really, uh, ease the sanctions on them and allow them to continue pumping oil, or to resume pumping oil in order to try to put more uh, uh, oil on the uh, global market market and reduce costs. How on earth is this justifiable, Congressman? I mean, it's it's not. It's Some days you just step back and you say, like, is, is the goal of this administration to do everything wrong? Uh, I mean, you know, you think about, it. well, we're going to spend like crazy. We're going to drive up the cost of energy, but then we're going to tell the American people that inflation is temporary. I mean, it's like that makes sense. We're, we're not going to we're not going to secure the border. We're just going to have an open on and on. It goes. We're, we're, we're going to allow uh, dictators and authoritarians to have additional drilling and, and, and do those. But we're going to close the pipeline and not allow any new leases on federal land. I mean, nothing makes sense with these folks. Everything is just backwards. Everything they do is is just wrong. Um, I don't get it. Uh, we're, we're, we're going to pick a special counsel who's the most partisan in history. I, I mean, on and on it goes. So I, at some point, you just got to It's like, hard. Okay. It, it really is hard yeah, to make just, sense of. I mean, I, I sense your frustration because what you sound like is just a blind partisan when you say everything they do is wrong. I'm a Republican. They're Democrats. So anything they do is wrong. But yeah. but it's not that because when you break it down instance by instance, each of these individual decisions and announcements and events, they are. I mean, it's not it's not just saying, hey, you know, I'm, I'm good. You're bad. You look at each one of these, the partisanship of the special counsel. Uh, everything that you've described here is exactly correct. I mean, they're just making decisions that like i said it's 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 palm to forehead you just slap yourself and say yeah, what on earth is yeah. going on here <laughs> yeah it is it is frustrating um now the good news is and, and i always like to come to the good news you know the, the i guess the, the really good news is still america it's the greatest place in history and last week we got to be thankful for the fact that we live in the greatest country ever <laughs> so th- there's that but there's also the fact that we now have we do it are going to you know have control of the, the house of representatives we are going to be able to put a break on a lot of this stuff. I don't think we're going to be able to change a whole lot, but we can put a break on it, and we can do the investigation so the country gets the full, the, the, all the facts and, and, and gets the truth. Um, so that, to me, is a positive and something that we, we have to focus on as we, as we move forward. Last one for you, Congressman, just real quick, because um, I, I liked your tweet in support of um, of Kevin McCarthy calling for the resignation of Alejandro yep. Mayorkas at uh, Secretary of Homeland Security, and you, uh, you retweeted it and said, all means necessary. What are those means? What can be done to try to force? I mean, our country is literally being invaded. I've got new numbers, and you probably have them in front yep. of you, too, that are astounding, and he continues to do literally next to nothing to try to stop that. Um, so well, what is all means necessary? Is there anything you can yeah. do to start well, impeachment or what would you do well the first thing the the impeachment decision will be made by the full conference and Mm -hmm. and and frankly all the republicans on the judiciary committee uh that's something we would have to decide on but you can continue to move down this road and get all the facts on the table we think they're there now we think this is completely intentional uh by the biden administration and in particular by secretary mayorkas um it's intentional that they've opened the border 
And frankly, there's also the incompetence uh, uh, concept here because we've, we've talked about this before. During a hearing this past summer, I asked him, you know, what's the status of the people on the terrorist watch list? And his answer to that question was, I don't know. And I'm, I'm thinking, like, well, well, you know, dude, you're the, you're the Secretary of Homeland Security. You're supposed to know the answer to that question, particularly when you're in front of the Judiciary Committee uh, for your annual visit uh, in front of Congress. So, uh, yeah, this we're going we're gonna to look at anything and everything we can to, uh, to, to improve that terrible situation that is being done intentionally. There's a lot of work that you guys are going to have to undertake, and, uh, and I know you're up to the job. Uh, we're very, very happy. I wish it was a bigger number, but I'm glad we do have the majority so that you can get to work and at least putting, as you say, a foot on the brake pedal to some of this insanity. Congressman Jordan, thank you so much. I'm glad you had a great weekend, and we'll talk to you again next week. All right. Take care, Bob. Thank you, sir. There's Jim Jordan joining us post-Thanksgiving weekend. We're back in action here. Uh, got a lot more to do. That's just scratching the surface. Some of the issues we talked about with Jim Jordan, but they are uh, issues um, that you might like to uh, respond to at 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. I've got Pastor Chris Long, the president of the Ohio Christian Alliance, coming up after the top of the hour, too. Very important issue in the United States Senate that he needs us as Ohio voters and Ohio residents, citizens, constituents, we need to get into Rob Portman's ear today. Literally today. It is really timely here. This is a very crucial matter. Uh, Chris Long will tell us about that after the top of the hour. And as I said, I welcome you at 216-901-0945. Always right radio. Right back. Okay, friends, you know the time is ticking away. Tick tock, tick tock until the end of the annual enrollment period for Medicare. If you are looking to, if you're aging into the program and you're looking to enroll for the first time in a Medicare plan, or if you are already in a Medicare plan, but you feel like you need a better one, or maybe you're not sure if there's a better one for you, uh, but you don't know what some of the changes are to Medicare coverage from last year to this year. All of this ends on December 7th. That's when the annual enrollment period ends. So you've got just a few more days. To make that phone call, 440-832-8936. What changes are there for Medicare last year to this year? You'll call that phone number, you'll find out. Are there ways for you to reduce your costs for prescription drugs, for co-pays, for visits to the doctors, uh, for your regular monthly premiums? Is there a way to reduce those costs? Call 440-832-8936. The goal of this Medicare coverage, of course, is to give you the best coverage for the lowest prices. That's exactly what the goal is, and that's exactly what uh, my good friend Mark King wants to help you do. 440 440- 832-8936 is the number to call. You can also log on to Keeping Medicare Simple. Look, Mark and his team have been doing what they're doing right now during this period for 33 years. I mean, they're just the best in the business. They're the ones who are going to give you all of the answers you need and recommend the right uh, policies and uh, opportunities for you. And the best part is, you know you can trust them to be objective and unbiased because they don't represent one insurance company. They represent multiple carriers. And that means they can give you all of the options and let you choose the best one for you. 440-832-8936. That number again, 440-832-8936. Call it now. You only have until December 7th, but when you call, you'll find out why I trust Mark King when it comes to Medicare. (laughs) 
Okay, 957, Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. I have to address the elephant in the room before we move on to Chris Long after the top of the hour. Um, unforced errors are going to be the undoing of Donald Trump. All right? I know a lot of uh, people don't like to hear this, but unforced errors, errors in judgment, complete lack of self-awareness is going to be the undoing of, of President Trump. The latest example, of course, being the uh, uh, the dinner at Mar-a-Lago with Kanye West, otherwise now known as Ye, who is in the midst of a streak of anti-Semitic comments and statements and interviews and tweets and messages that just defy the imagination. Kanye West, um, a few weeks back, did an interview with, with Tucker Carlson after he appeared on a on a at, at a fashion show or someplace with Candace Owens um and they were wearing t-shirts that said white lives matter and everybody's like wow look at him look at him poking the bear and of course white lives matter that if you're looking for racial equality acknowledge that black lives matter and white lives matter and all lives matter and we're all good here and I mean, of course it was just a big controversial move and Tucker did an interview and everything was going along just fine since that time, Kanye has lost his mind and has, again, just attacked um, Jews, Jewish institutions as he sees them, uh, and he is surrounding himself with some very, very questionable people. Well, he came to a dinner at Mar-a-Lago, invited by President Trump, and he brought with him Nick Fuentes. Nick Fuentes is one of the worst humans in the public realm. He is a broadcaster. He is a raging anti-Semite. He denies the Holocaust. He diminishes the uh, severity of the Holocaust. Uh, he uh, expresses all kinds of racial hatred. He is just about as bad as it gets. He's a white supremacist, white nationalist. And he also joined Kanye West with President Trump at Mar-a-Lago last week. To say that this is an issue is an understatement. Because President Trump has to answer for this now. Why is he surrounding himself with people of this caliber? Why is he hosting them? Why is he giving them his time of day? Unforced errors are going to be the undoing of Donald Trump. Mark my words. I'm not happy about it, but we have to talk about it. And we'll do some more after the news. Always right, Radio AM 1420, The Answer. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Welcome to Always Right Radio with Bob Franz on AM 1420, The Answer. Hour number two underway now, eight minutes past 10 o'clock on this Monday, the 28th morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord, 2022. And if you're a capitalist, embrace it. Cyber Monday. It is, uh, you know, it's important. Uh, if you're a capitalist, if you're going to be doing shopping for this season, obviously for Christmas, uh, this is a great opportunity to save some money. Make the, op- uh, you know, make it, make the most of it. Uh, let's try to buy as much local as you possibly can rather than global. Uh, but, uh, this is a great opportunity to save some money. Find your, uh, your favorite local stores and shops and services and get online, see what kind of specials they have and, uh, and give the gifts, uh, that mean the most. And, uh, those would be the ones that improve our own communities and our own neighborhoods. By the way, I need to hit this super quick before I go to Pastor Long. Um, 
just because they did the Dennis Prager promo that just played. I have not yet once mentioned the World Cup on the, this program since it began. Two reasons. Number one, I don't watch soccer. Uh, it's just no, just no. It's 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 not a thing. It's you know, there's football and there's basketball and there's baseball and there's hockey and there's UFC and there's fighting and boxing and soccer is just not a thing in my realm. Having said that, however, I am pro America. And so I should be pro-America no matter what the international competition would be, right? Not so much. The first thing that I did see when I knew that the World Cup was coming, there were two things, actually. One was uh, an article that it was going to be held in Qatar, and there was going to be all kinds of protests and so forth, because Qatar is a radical Islamic country that uh, does not uh, take kindly to homosexuality. It's one of those uh, where I believe they will literally imprison or throw people from rooftops just for being gay, which, of course, I do not support in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and so why is there an international competition being held in such a place where human rights violations are so rampant? That's number one. But then number two, then I saw the U.S. Uh, soccer logo for this thing. And they have taken out the red, white, and blue, which are our national colors, represented on our national flag, and replaced them with rainbow colors. So they have said our country's colors no longer matter. We are doing the LGBT thing, uh, Q thing on the international stage. So it's just another reason. Uh, Dennis was right in that little clip you just heard. Another thing ruined and spoiled by the left. If you are pro-America in international competitions, even for something as mind-numbingly uh, sleepy and coma-inducing as soccer, um, it's, it's a good way to turn people off, is to go ahead and change the American colors and replace it with a rainbow flag color. Uh, or a series of colors. It's just that insane. So you will not be hearing me be, hear me cheering about the U.S. men's national team. You'll never not hear me disparaging it either. I don't care, and the fact that they have done what they have done have make me care even less. So if you're watching this, uh, you know, good on you. Uh, it's better than melatonin. I can tell you that. All right, let's bring in Pastor Chris Long, as we promised that we would. Chris Long is the president of the Ohio Christian Alliance, and he's got an urgent appeal that he wants to make today um, as it pertains to the Respect for Marriage Act. Pastor Long, good to have you back on the program. How are you, sir? Good, Bob. Thanks for having us on. And, of course, we want folks to take action today because the vote, the cloture vote in the U.S. Senate will be tonight. They need 60 votes to advance what is 8404. We call it the Disrespect Marriage Act. This is a bill that passed Nancy Pelosi's uh, Congress back in July. It's an act of desperation by the left, just as you were talking about. They actually are not winning on this issue, and there's pushback all across the country. This election, even though it was uh, very mixed in its returns, and there's reasons for that, that's a discussion for another day as to why there wasn't a 30-seat pickup by the Republicans. And I think that people have kind of woke up to what exactly is happening out there in the various states, the blue states, as it were. And so that that's uh, something. That, this is not your grandfather's or even your father's <laughs> uh, midterm election, that's for sure. Uh, there was a lot to be um, deciphered in this, this last election. However, uh, the right is on the move, and they know that. And they're losing the U.S. House of Representatives, and they know that, too. And investigations are going to start, and they're not going to be against Mr. Trump, the former president, or any of his allies. They're going to be against President Biden and his mishandling of the U.S. Treasury. And there's going to be a lot of investigations that are going to happen in Congress. But this is an act of desperation. 
And so what we need people to focus on today is 12 Republican senators that uh, voted last week on the 16th of this month to advance this bill. Now, this happened right after the election, so it kind of caught some people sleepy. Uh, and we didn't think they had the 10 votes. But there's been some people, including Senator Portman, has been one of those who have advocated for this. Uh, he went dormant on this issue for almost 10 years, and then at the final hour of his uh, senator, uh, you know, ship, uh, he, this is what he has chosen to push across the line or help the Democrats to do so. So what we need folks to do is to call uh, Senator Portman. The Lee Amendment, Senator Mike Lee's amendment, would grant religious protections for churches, individuals, organizations. Uh, it would uh, forestall that this wide-sweeping change in American law on marriage, which would codify same-sex marriage into law, and actually equate the discrimination of it uh, along racial lines. And you can see what's going on there. This is the human rights campaign that Tucker Carlson has talked about on his evening program so often. This is a radical homosexual group that's been advancing their cause for some years, and quite honestly, pretty effectively. Uh, but because they've gotten into the boardrooms of America, they've gotten into uh, the Chamber of Commerces, and they've you know, you know basically into Wall Street, and that's why we see a lot of corporations going woke, because they've been able to influence these people. But it stops here. Now, how does it stop? Well, we need to save religious liberty, and it's religious freedom for the individual, for churches, for uh, organizations, and basically anyone with a conscience that doesn't have to comply with what that they believe to be immoral, and that is same-sex sexual relations and codifying that into law. As uh, Again, this country's never done that, folks, and this is a time. If we're going to save religious liberty, liberty itself for our children our grandchildren, now's the time. So we're asking people to call Senator Portman and Senator Brown. Why do that? You say, well, they're already in the bag for this. Not necessarily. They need to hear from Ohioans on religious liberty, but don't stop there. Make a few more calls, and on our website, that's Ohio Christian Alliance, just search that, Ohio Christian Alliance, you will see the phone numbers for the 12 senators. Roy Blunt, who served on the Senate Value Action Team meeting. I, Roy Blunt has been a good senator, uh, but he voted to advance this. Now, he could be changed. If we peel off at least two or three, this thing will not advance tonight, and this bill will not get done. This Congress, it gives us more time. But uh, we have to have... At least three of these Republicans peel off from what their vote was last week. So Roy Blunt is a target. Joni Ernst of Iowa is a target that we need to call. And, of course, uh, Todd Young of Indiana, just those three alone. And then uh, West Virginia, uh, you want to call that senator as well. We have some folks making calls. And I want to thank the organizations uh, that are sending out calls to action. I mean, uh, your organization, uh, uh, Free Speech Ohio sent out an alert last night. Uh, uh, Tom Zawistowski with We the People Convention sent out an alert today. The Family Research Council, the Ohio Christian Alliance, we understand that uh, there will be some others this afternoon sending out calls to action. All of these calls need to flood Washington, that they need to know what we think about religious liberty, and we're not taking it lying down. We're talking to Pastor Chris Long. He's the president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. There's so much to follow up on what you just said. Uh, first, briefly, where is the list of the 12 senators you said that we need to reach out to, particularly you, you named three or four uh, in addition to Brown and Portman here in Ohio. But where is the list of those phone numbers? Is it right on the homepage of Ohio Christian Alliance? It is. We just posted up a little bit ago, so it's right there. If people just go to Ohio Christian Alliance, 
they'll see basically the senator's name and the phone number in Washington to call and leave a message uh, that you want them to support the Lee Amendment and you want to, um, them uh, to oppose 8404, uh, and so that it is about religious liberty. Just mention that. So this is important that these calls flood into Washington today because the cloture vote is tonight. You know, right after the holiday, think about that. Monday action, Bob, what does that sound like? Something they want to get done very quickly and desperately uh, yeah. to advance the bill. And if we're able to just put up uh, a prevent defense here, we, we could actually win the day still. I want to focus on something else that's uh, just as important in my estimation here is the freedom of religion. And our religious liberty here is at risk because of all of the things that you said. But when you listed all of those different things where people might uh, you know, have objections, um, it, it's, it doesn't have to be on a basis of morality. There's also just straight up freedom of speech. Compelled speech or forced speech is just as dangerous as suppressed or censored speech. And forcing people to acknowledge, to participate in, etc., like we have seen all of these attempts to make people contribute their times and their talents uh, to to same-sex weddings if it's something they just don't like. It doesn't have to be on a morality basis. I don't believe. It's just the First Amendment protects us from saying things we don't want to say, much less uh, from having things silenced that we do want to say. Uh, and that's as important here. Freedom of freedom of speech and religious liberty, I think, are both in serious jeopardy here if this bill passes and becomes law. That's exactly right. And what they want to do is codify it into law. Currently, there is no law. There's a, a Supreme Court decision, Oberfeld decision, in which uh, Clarence Thomas said that that could be reviewed and actually overturned. And, of course, that lit up the left, and it's probably why they advanced uh, the LGBTQ agenda in this administration. There's no secret that the Biden administration is wholesale for the LGBTQ cause. Look at uh, some of the administration uh, officials in the, the president's cabinet itself, okay? So you can see where the HHS director, okay, a former man that now says he's a woman, uh, these are the kinds of people advancing these agendas. Then in the State Department, like you, you just mentioned, the World Cup, uh, all of this is not, look, listen, this isn't a majority. These are a radical few that are in positions of power. The good news is we're taking some of that power back come January 1 uh, when the new Congress is sworn in. So you will see a shift here. Now, I know that a lot of the listeners who are still uh, in the workforce, not retired, uh, they hear from the Human Resources Department and their company or their corporation. Um, and so they wonder, it's like, well, maybe everybody's going this way. Look, folks, not everybody's going that way. And you do have a voice, and you can speak up, and you have, you have protections under the law for your civil rights and your, your uh, uh, liberties, civil liberties. But, you know, we lose them if we surrender them, Bob. And so this is why this bill cannot go forward, because it would uh, lead to lawsuits, and we'd have to fight in court uh, for those religious liberties. If we stop it now, it, 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 we get the gain, and we, we move the ball forward, not backward. Last thing for you, Chris Long, uh, and I really appreciate what you're doing here and everything that you and your team at the Ohio Christian Alliance do, but I just want to underscore something here because some people, I, I don't hear enough about this. I said this when the Obergefell Supreme Court decision came down, and I've said it in a number of forums since then, and I don't usually get a ton of reaction to this. When they get rid of the Defense of Marriage Act, which they have essentially done, which said that marriage is between one man and one woman, and it's amazing that it's been only, only been 25 years or so since Republicans and Democrats agreed on that, because that passed and was signed by Bill Clinton for crying That's right, out loud. 1996, that's right. That's right. 
so it's pretty amazing how far we've fallen and how far the division has gotten since then. But, you know, the, when you get rid of one man, one woman, it seems as though everybody only focuses on the man and the woman part of that, meaning that it can be two men, or excuse me, two men or two women instead. They never focus on the also erase the one part. And this opens up the door to polygamy and all kinds of other things. What if two women and one man all say we are equally in love with one another and we want to marry each other? Uh, or, or what if it's three and one or three and two or whatever because you got rid of one man, one woman. You didn't keep one and one either. So there are all kinds of strange, I think, things that can happen. We're living at a time, Chris, where where human beings... Um, as a part of the trans, and I can be whatever I identify myself as, are, are calling themselves furries and living their lives as cats or dogs, literally wearing, you know, uh, garb and, and, and fake ears and prosthetic tails and things and eating off of the ground. They're literally, they think or they're pretending to think that they're literally another species. How far are we from them saying, I want to marry my dog? We are in love. I know it sounds bizarre, but Dr. Everett Piper and I talk about this all the time. Every time we say, well, there's no way we'd ever get to that uh, level, we get to that level and we look at each other and go, oh, my goodness, here we stand, watching the worst, most insane things that you can ever even not imagine happen before us. So I, I just want to underscore, I guess, Chris, the the danger of things like this bill and, and getting rid of one man, one woman as the basis of marriage, which has been the building block of civilization since the beginning of time. That's exactly right, where the civil law actually supports the moral law, and it's a reflection of that. You know, governments are established to do that. When that breakdown starts to happen, then chaos begins to reign. And not only that, tyranny begins to reign, because anyone who objects to those lifestyles or has an opinion different from... Uh, then uh, they are the ones who become the persecuted. Those who are listening to us already in their place of employment, they already feel as if they're persecuted and uh, singled out, and they've already, uh, you know, basically by volunteerism, they've gone silent uh, so that they're not targeted by the Human Resource Department or discredited uh, in the company that they wouldn't get the promotion or the the job. Already they're advancing these uh, extreme minorities. So these are people living it in real time. You and I both know that. But we're asking people to make a stand and take a stand. And uh, if you do, we, we will, you know, we'll seize the day. We'll bring light. You've got to push back the darkness and bring in the light. And so that's where we're at right now. You, you, not the majority of Republicans, folks. These are just 12 that uh, voted to advance. There were 12 that were targeting, 10 that advanced this bill. Uh, but we just need some of them to peel away from that, and we could stop this thing, and it wouldn't advance any further this session. So that's what uh, the call to action is for today. Again, visit the Ohio Christian Alliance. The list of the 12 senators are there, starting with Roy Blunt. Also, Senator Portman, give him a call. And uh, you know, also send an email to them as well, because the, the vote is scheduled for tonight. Chris Long, I'm so glad you're doing this. Thank you so much for coming on and really making it as crystal clear as you have. We have to reach these senators. Go to the webpage you just heard. Just search up Ohio Christian Alliance. And I just looked at it right there on the homepage, the phone number for every senator's office that we need to reach in this instance by tonight in order to try to stop this from being ramrodded through this lame duck session of Congress. Chris, always a pleasure. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you, Bob. God bless you, my friend. God bless you, too. 1024, take a time out. We'll come back. Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer.
Separating the truth from the lies. In life, there's truth. Tragically, there are lies. Always right with Bob France, giving you only the truth. We shall know the truth, and the truth shall make us free. On AM 1420, The Answer. I think what he's trying to say is... True and international average of pressure. Or something like that. Oh, goodness gracious. 1034, good morning. Thanks for being with us. On a Monday, 28th morning of the 11th month, year of our Lord, 2022. I know it's not the top of the hour. I just want to make sure that I reiterate where we are. It's been four days off. i got to tell you, four days without being able to talk about the news with you is a very, very difficult thing for me. I've been doing this for so long. I get kind of withdrawals, almost like the DTs, if I don't get a chance to get on the air and, and start talking about all these crazy things that are going on that demand our attention. And that if we care at all about not just the country in which we live, but the one we are leaving to, our uh, our kids, um, I, I just I feel very compelled to be here every single day. Uh, so when I'm not, it's a rough thing for me. So I'm glad to have you back. Uh, phone lines are open the rest of the way. Uh, so for the next hour and a half, 216-901-0945, Either one of those numbers gets you here. We'll be uh, in kind of free-for-all mode because I have a lot of things that I want to talk about, but I know you do too. And we are guest-free the rest of the way. So if you missed the conversation that I just had with Chris Long, by the way, I want to give you this. And thanks to um, Marianne for uh, for sharing the number with me here. Um you know, for those who don't use the internet, don't have access, don't uh, have computers or even smartphones, and there's a lot of people like that, particularly in our senior community who just don't do it. Um, I just want to give you a phone number because Chris and I, Pastor Long and I, gave you the website, which is Ohio Christian Alliance, to seek out and look for all those phone numbers for all of those um, members of uh, the Senate that we need to reach to vote against cloture, so that they cannot ramrod this uh, attack on free speech and freedom of religion. Uh, through this lame duck session of Congress. So, you know, we, we're telling you, go to the website, look at all these phone numbers. Well, if you don't have the website, I can just get, I'll give you a phone number, and that is the one to Rob Portman. I think it's the most important one. And that's two, this is his DC office, 202 224 3353. All right. Now, if you missed that, we'll try to give that to you as often as I can, or maybe if you just call the station, Marianne will give it to you again. But if you want to contact Rob Portman, and it's a tough ask, by the way. On Portman, uh, 202-224-3353. Rob Portman, of course, I think killed his credibility with many conservatives years ago. You know, even though he's been reelected, um, I think that's in spite of himself, not because of what he has done. Um, it's just that, you know, we're going to reelect him whenever he's challenged by a Democrat because a Democrat in the Senate seat is worse than, than a Rob Portman in the Senate seat. But it's going to be a tough ask to Rob Portman to vote against cloture on the for or the uh, defense of marriage. I'm sorry, let me rephrase the Respect for Marriage Act. We already had the Defense of Marriage Act, which actually codified marriage as being t- being between one man and one woman. Like I said, you know, it's the. It's the cornerstone of the foundation of our civilization. That is the nuclear family, a man and a woman married together, raising children in the same home. Um, that's the, the foundational uh, you know, uh, piece of our, of our civilization and, and our society. But Rob Portman was the, felt that way all along. He was all for the Defense of Marriage Act. He was all for marriage being between one man and one woman until his oldest son came out as gay. Said, Dad, I'm gay. And I won't throw stones at Rob Portman for, 
you know, having a change of heart as it pertains to his son and maybe wanting his son to be able to have all of the, you know, benefits of marriage. And I get the draw that a father or a parent has for their children. They want to help their kids in whatever way they can. I would, too. I would want to help my child, no matter what the circumstances are. If your child got into a life of crime, for crying out loud, you'd want to do everything you could to help them not hang them out to dry. So I understand the appeal of keeping the family, you know, unit, I guess, strong, and him saying, yes, son, I want to help you. But he owes a larger debt. When you're sitting in the United States Senate, he and every senator owes a larger debt than to just that of family. The debt is to the constituents and the voters who put you in that office and who put you in that office largely because they believed you to be a certain type of person, largely because they believed you to support certain legislation. When you run on something and then get into office and literally do a 180 and flip, even if you have a really good reason like your own son, as I said, I will I will make no judgments on that, <clears throat> Um, I'll just pray for 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 you know the entire family structure and the situation there, and hope that father and son figure stuff out or whatever. But at the end of the day, you have a duty to follow your your oath of office. You have a duty to follow the and keep uh, uh, keep the promises that you made to the constituency that voted for you. And when Rob Portman decided that my son and his personal life take precedence over the people. The Constitution, the law, my oath, my office, when I pledge to support one man, one woman, and a real, true protection or defense of marriage, you know, it's a problem. But that's what he did. And he was reelected. He has been reelected twice since then. And again, that's more of a statement of, hey, we've got to take the devil we know rather than take the devil that is in the Democrat form in previous elections. So asking him now on his way out the door without a new uh, uh, campaign to win, a new election to win, because, of course, he has announced his resignation and J.D. Vance is now going to be in his seat. Now that he's got nothing to fight for, it's going to be a real hard ask to tell him, will you please vote against cloture here and stop this Respect for Marriage Act? We know how you feel about same-sex marriage now because you deferred to your son's personal uh, you know, lifestyle situation to make your decision, Senator Portman. And I think this needs to be our message. So I'm just giving you my own thoughts on this. When you call him at 202-224-3353, you're not going to convince him that same-sex marriage is wrong. You're not going to convince him to change his mind on his own son and what he did when he you know, almost sabotaged his, his whole career by, 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 by making that, doing that 180, that flip. You're not going to convince him to change that. So my advice is when you call 202-224-3353, and I'll do it to myself. I'll do it during the top of the hour news break. Maybe the selling point is when you leave that message is about the First Amendment. Maybe that selling point is, Senator Portman, I know how you feel about same-sex marriage, but this is not about that. This is about this bill will strip away our right to free speech and to religious liberty. That's what this does. 
please allow the Mike Lee amendments to be, or language, to be added to this, which would pr- provide for and protect religious liberty. That's something that Chris Long talked about that was very, very important in this whole thing. Pastor Long talked about <clears throat> uh, the Mike Lee uh, amendment that would curb the dangers of the bill in its current form, that would provide people with a right as individuals, as members of clergy, as more, uh, 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 workers or employees at religious institutions, and even just people of good conscience. It would allow them to say, hey, I don't care if you're married or not, but I don't have to participate in it. I don't have to sing at that wedding. I don't have to make the cake for that wedding. I don't have to, um, uh, you know, provide the floral arrangements. I don't have to DJ. I don't have to, pro- I, don't, I don't have to perform the ceremony as, as clergy. If I choose to not be a part of something that I disagree with, whether it be on moral grounds or just on First Amendment grounds, you can't coerce my speech and force me to say something I don't want to say, either through words or through talents, creations, productions, etc. That's the message I think we have to get through to Rob Portman, because again, he's got his kind of his own little personal situation with respect to why he supports same-sex marriage. So the argument here won't be to convince him to not support same-sex marriage, which he does by way of that family uh, family consideration, but it's you do support also the First Amendment, right, sir? Then please vote against cloture. Do not allow this bill to come for a vote. Do not allow this bill in its current form to be voted upon and passed. Because if you do, the First Amendment is destroyed. Religious liberty, freedom of speech, taken away from all Americans. Cannot happen. Please do not do not, not allow this to go through in this lame duck session. Consider Mike Lee's amendment. Consider the protections that are offered there. Please vote no. It doesn't mean you oppose same-sex marriage, Senator Portman, but you do support the First Amendment first and foremost. That has to be our message. So call him. All right, let's go to it. Um, 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. Uh, TJ is up first in Cleveland. Hey, TJ, go ahead. Yeah, hi, Bob. You know, Bob, I always wondered how bad and how ridiculous must things get before these liberal Democrats reach a tipping point. And two news stories last week just made me cringe. They had a woman on the southern border that runs a 700-thing uh, 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 dog shelter, you know, animal shelter. She says they are overflowed because these illegals, they come across the border with their pets. They get on a bus and they abandon them. And the poor things are left on their own, many of them dying. She says, we're full, we can't take any more in. We can't even send them across the country to animal shelters. They're full because of the Biden economy. Uh, people are you know, turning their pets in because it's pay for gas, pay for food, or, or pay for my pet. And then the other one that made me cringe, PETA just rescued over, and I'm not, it's hard to believe, rescued over 2,000 beagle puppies that were be, being used in a Fauci-paid lab for experiments. Yeah, that's a, that. That's an old story, TJ. That one no, came no, out. But they're finding out more now, and and they released two the two thousand of them have been saved, and she said there's thousands more. But the point I'm trying to make, Bob, what does it take for a Democrat to finally say enough is enough with this lunacy? And I'm starting to think they're never going to, because I've always said this: liberalism is not a political movement; it's a religious cult, and these cultists that. are never going to change. They're never going to reach a tipping point. Uh, uh, 
they're just not going to change. Well, it's, TJ, it's if you're looking, if you're looking for uh, con- confirmation of that, I don't know if you heard the beginning of the show today, but the very first story I did on the show today is evidence that there is no bridge that is too far. There is no tipping point that they will reach. There is no Rubicon that they will cross before they say we've gone too far. My first story of the day today, in case people did not hear it, was about a a, a uh, sermon that was given at Trinity College in their chapel uh, last Sunday in Cambridge. Uh, England, in which the pastor or preacher there declared that Jesus Christ himself had a transgender body, and that Jesus Christ himself is just as much female as he is male. He is transgender, and the wound in his side from the spear took on the form and the shape of a vagina. Oh my God! You're so, uh, yeah, I, TJ, I missed that. Bob. There's that no, there's no, there is no bridge that is too far for them. There is nothing. They are literally attacking the Messiah, and now claiming things like this. So, so what you just told me, TJ, add it all to the list. I suppose no, there is nothing, and there is. That's why we can never, ever, ever think that this fight will be won. That doesn't mean it will be lost, but it will never be over. No matter how many battles we may win in the cultural front, in the political front, uh, in the in the um, legislative front, no matter how many battles we may win, the fight will go on as long as they exist. As long as they breathe air, they will continue to try to destroy uh, that which uh, has been built. And so uh, now we just have evidence of that. Know that the fight will never, there will never be, you know, a battleship signing uh, of a, of a surrender. From those on the left, okay, you win, we'll keep culture as it is. Nope, it'll never happen. They will always fight to try to change it um, and destroy it because that is what they were bent. That's that's what they were built to do. Yeah, and, and, and I know killing babies doesn't bother them, but I would have thought that some of them would be affected by torturing puppies. Well, uh, you're, you're, not, you're, nothing phases these people. You, nothing. You'd, you'd be wrong about that, too, because I've got another news story. Thanks for the call, TJ. Keep listening. Okay. There, There's another news story here about the um, the climate crisis. The radical global warming slash climate change alarmists are now talking about what has to be done to wipe out a significant portion portion of the dog population because of carbon paw prints. You know, they always talk about our carbon footprint that we leave as humans. Well, we're not the only ones. Dogs have to go as well. Not making it up. It's a thing. It's what they're talking about. So, no, there's no bridge too far. There's no line they will not cross. Tanya's in Akron next. Hi, Tanya. You're on the air. Go right ahead. I just sent out about 15 emails and texts to friends to make sure they call Rob Portman and gave him the phone numbers. I love the the website that uh, the Christian, Ohio Christian Alliance made it really easy. Uh, Absolutely. My comment. My comment to you is, so you think, when when can we not talk about the Holocaust? When can we not talk to white supremacists? I'm not sure I understand the question. I think we should so always think, be able to talk well, about okay, the Holocaust. Well, okay, but, you, but can is that, does that mean that someone can disagree with it because of their ignorance or their hatred? Still not quite understanding what you're asking. Okay, my question is that Kanye, Kyrie have a different opinion. They have social. They have not 
called the they're not Holocaust deniers. So guided, I don't know if what happened with the guy, but you made a comment that Trump's association with certain people Nick Fuentes. is going to diminish it. Nick, Nick Fuentes okay. is a Holocaust denier, and he was among those invited and, to Mar-a-Lago. Okay, so I, can't, so I can't talk to him? Who? That's what you said. I'm just saying, as a presidential candidate, if I was a presidential candidate, I could not talk to Nick Fuentes. Oh, you're talking about Trump. See, you're, you're being very vague here, yeah. Tanya. You keep saying I is in first person, and can you talk to whoever you okay, want to well, talk to? Okay. You're, you're, if you're tr- okay, okay. Well, I think I understand you now. You're trying to say, should Trump be able to talk to these people? And the answer is hosting them at his home as a guest for dinner? No. You want to talk to them? Why not? You, you issue public statements condemning their de- uh, Holocaust denialism. You tell them how repugnant it is. You don't invite them to your home and high-five them or, or shake hands with them and welcome them and give them an audience or give a voice to their hatred and to their lunacy. You don't do that. I, I, why not? I, that's my I think I just explained it. If you don't know the answer to that, you Tanya, you're not, no, you're, you're no, not thinking I'm clearly not, enough. No. Why not give, why, hold on, why, why not deny them a right to express publicly and massively because you're the, you're probably one of the two or three most well-known figures in the world when you're Donald Trump, literally, to give that person an audience and to host them at your home, this person who, who, who spews anti-Semitic, racist, white nationalist, and Holocaust denial uh, bigotry on a regular basis on a, on a broadcast that he does, to give him that audience with you is to legitimize it. Are you? I, I mean, I don't understand what no, you're no, asking. No, 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 no. no. I'm, I, I, you know, I, I, I tend to. Get you're reaching. Afraid. You're reaching and you're stretching, no, and not, it's, it's, it's really, it's really, no, it's, really it's really unbecoming. No, you're defending no, Trump no, 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 because no, no, you no. want to defend not, Trump. Trump no, stepped in it here, Tanya. Acknowledge that. No, see, that is your problem. I am not defending Trump. You I'm are defending the right to have to talk to people that disagree with me vividly. Would you okay. invite a person or like that to your? Would, would you invite a person yes. like that to your to your dinner table, Tanya? I have a conversation with them. So you 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 want to have a conversation with? So you've already heard what they believe. They make it. They they spew it into into the broadcast airwaves. And you 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 think you what you think what you're going to have them spew it at your table and it's going to be any different? You know what? That's my whole point. Is that we talk about freedom of speech, but we talk, but we regulate it. What is hate speech? Anything that we don't like? No, not at all. And nobody is saying he. Had, nobody is saying he. She should be jailed or denied a job, even for his hate speech. But to give, when you are a president of the United States and now a presidential candidate to try to do that for the second time, to give personal audience to that is different than saying, I believe in free speech. Okay. Nobody's saying he doesn't no, have free my, speech. Guess, Trump I meeting with him. My whole point is that, my whole point is, how many times do we have to say we disagree with someone's point of view and then every time say it when we've said it over and over again? Okay, I'm I'm still trying to figure out how Kyrie can just post something, don't say anything, and they 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 blackball him, they punish him. He didn't say anything. You he posted a uh, a, a picture about a movie. I just don't get it. 
I think you're all over the place here, Tanya, because to compare Kyrie to Nick Fuentes, because you're right, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving has not gone full Holocaust denialism. Kyrie Irving is not white nationalist. Kyrie Irving hasn't said anything specifically anti-Semitic, but you can infer from his posting of that, what are you saying, Kyrie? Ask that question. That's a very, very different circumstance than Nick Fuentes, who has left nothing to the interpretation or the imagination. He has said it. He has doubled and tripled and quadrupled down on it, and he has no place being given public uh, a public spotlight by a former president who is, by the way, called by his political enemies a bigot, a racist, and an anti-Semite. Now, we know that's not true. I know Donald Trump is none of those things. But his critics call him that, and when he hosts people who are that, he only gives them more fuel with which to burn him at the the cultural state. Admit that Trump shouldn't have had this guy at his house, and we're done. Trump should not have the fuel. Well, well, but, but you know what? You you know what? When you, you know, when you, we, if if you're on, oh, and I got to go here, Tanya. Thank you for the phone call. If you're, if 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 you're in front of a firing squad and you take the gun and you turn it and you shoot yourself, I mean, you're just doing their job for them. The the left wants to call Trump everything that they can possibly call him that is distasteful, that is de- that is degenerate, that is uh, irredeemable, that is indefensible, and then he goes ahead and shoots himself in the foot here by bringing this guy to his home, and then rather, you know, his claim is I didn't know who he was. Well, first of all, what kind of security you got there at Mar-a-Lago if you don't know who's coming to your home? And for what purpose? You didn't know anything about the guy? Really? And if your defense is, I really didn't, then why aren't you saying at the end, now that I know, I really regret having him there? That was a terrible thing. Instead, he's attacking his critics who are pointing out how terrible it was. It's just an unforced error that he, he is, his judgment is so far off sometimes that it just makes you wonder, is he... Is he in his right mind? I, his judgment is so bad sometimes, it's just hard to comprehend. I don't want to have to defend, if he wins the nomination for the Republican primary and is our candidate going into 2024, I'm going to support him. And you know what I really, really don't want to do? I don't want to have to explain how he had Nick Fuentes over for dinner at Mar-a-Lago. Because you can't. There's no defense for it, and we're going to have to eat that when we support him as our candidate. Which is why there is a legitimate question as to whether or not who should be our candidate. 1057, Hour 3 coming right up, Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by Keeping Medicare Simple and The Floor King. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? 
Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. This is Always Right Radio with Bob Frantz on AM 1420, The Answer. Hour number three underway now at nine minutes past 11 o'clock. It's a Monday, the 28th morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord, 2022. If you missed my conversations this morning with Jim Jordan, which was very illuminating, there are some serious, serious plans being made and steps being laid out for when he takes control of the uh, um, of the House Judiciary Committee. He'll be the chair. He's already the ranking member. He'll be the chair uh, in November when the new Congress uh, is uh, sworn in. And the goals are ambitious. And every single one of them is worthwhile. Every single one of them must be done. Talking about investigating and and uh, and subpoenaing Fauci and the NIH, National Institute of Health. Um, on all of the COVID lockdowns and everything that was done. I have a story on that I'll talk to you about in just a minute again. But obviously bringing uh, uh, Timothy Tebow, the former FBI agent, in, who was one of those who covered up the Hunter Biden laptop uh, three weeks prior to the 2020 election in order to save Joe Biden's candidacy. And how far, how far up uh, the FBI chain does that go? They're going to talk about that as well. They are going to probably make moves in the Judiciary Committee to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas, Secretary of Homeland Security, because he's not securing the homeland by way of the southern border in any way. And it's only getting worse. So Jim Jordan, great conversation with him. If you missed it, listen to it uh, when it is uploaded to our podcast page after the program today. It'll be at whkradio.com. Also, in the first hour, I sp- or excuse me, top of the second hour, I spoke with Chris Long, pastor and president of the Ohio Christian Alliance, about the extraordinary need for all of us to contact Senator Portman and every other senator you can to tell them to vote tonight against cloture on the legislation that would, quote-unquote, be the Respect for Marriage Act, but more importantly, is the Anti-First Amendment or First Amendment Destruction Act when it comes to religious liberty and when it comes to um, the First Amendment and freedom of speech. Um, The number for Rob Portman, extremely important. And remember, I talked about this in some depth last half hour. The goal here isn't going to be to try to convince him that same-sex marriage is wrong. He's not going to come back from what he did when he uh, changed his mind already on that because of his gay son. He's not going to change his mind, and you shouldn't try to. But what you can do when you call him at 202-224-3353, what you can do, the message you must leave is one about the First Amendment. Do not Take it away from American citizens because uh, you want everybody to be compelled to say whatever the LGBT community, Q community wants them to say. Because you know when it comes to marriage and when it comes to the performance of ceremonies and all the other things we talked about, it is going to then seep its way into forced pronoun acknowledgement, forced identity acknowledgement, and so much more. 
We're talking about the First Amendment and religious liberty here. That's what this is about, and you make sure you let them know that, 202-224-3353. And there are a host of other senators that might be malleable on this and might be moved off of this. Their phone numbers are listed right now on the Ohio uh, Christian Alliance homepage, which is ohioca.org. You can find them there if you get online. And the other thing you can do is we're working on this very, very hard at Citizens for Free Speech. Go to the citizensforfreespeech.org homepage. Click the Advocacy Center, because that's what we do, is make this easier for you to advocate for that which is right legislatively and oppose that which is wrong. And there is an advocacy campaign right now against this. And we need to, uh, all you have to do is go to that homepage, click the advocacy link at the top, and you'll see uh, the opposition to this Respect for Marriage Act. We call it the Disrespect for Marriage Act. Uh, and then you can just very easily put in your name, put in your address, your phone number, or excuse me, your um, senators and uh, House members who are responsible for this will come up. And then all you do is a couple of clicks, and you have sent a letter to them opposing this so that they can really feel how, see how the uh, constituents feel. It's uh, it's extraordinarily important. So there are some Republicans that are in a very, very tough spot right now. Rob Portman is not one of them because he's on his way out the door. J.D. Vance is going to take his seat in January. But we can appeal to him to do what's right by the Constitution and the First Amendment, even if he's not going to do what's right by way of marriage. Secondly, I brought this up with the caller, T.J., earlier. And I, if, in case you thought I was kidding about the, the, the dogs... If you're a dog lover, I'm sorry to bring this to you because it's just as horrific as it sounds. And I am one, by the way. Climate activists vow to slaughter millions of dogs to reduce the carbon paw print. This is apparently in reaction to a recent CNN column pointing out how dogs, cats, and other domestic meat-eating pets are devastating the Earth's climate. So now, the you remember they're trying to do everything they can. These these eco fascists, these you know gangrene climate warriors, they're trying to kill the, the the meat and the beef industry because cows are flatulent and cow uh, gas, if you will. I'm trying to be genteel when I discuss these things, but uh, cow flatulent was flatulence was going to continue to uh, expand the carbon footprint and so forth. But this is this is another level here now when we're talking about our dogs and our cats, perhaps. According to the CNN column, they recapped a study that determined that immediate action was necessary to stop the climate catastrophe, and that action involved getting rid of the dogs. According to the column, quote, their, meaning pets, meat-heavy diet is the biggest contributor to their carbon paw prints, which requires an abundance of energy, land, and water to produce. And the production of pet food emits huge amounts of planet-warming gases. If our furry friends formed a separate country, it would rank fifth in global meat consumption behind China, the U.S., Brazil, and Russia, end quote. So their solution to this now, the, the, the climate fascists, is to, we got to wipe out the dogs, Never mind the obvious as to what dogs are in in you know in American culture. You know when we say man's best friend and we talk about the extraordinary companionship and partnership we have had with canines forever. Aside from that, just what that would do, the idea of wiping out a massive amount of the population of canines, uh, what that would do in terms of the butterfly effect, you have no idea. But this is how radical they are. 
This is how radical and insane they are. If you thought I was kidding when I told TJ that that was one of the uh, extreme steps, I wasn't. And there's rea- there's the reality, and it's by way of the CNN article. All right, 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. Also got into a really, really good discussion with Tanya last segment about Donald Trump uh, hosting um, weird, strangely, recently, massively anti-Semitic Kanye West at Mar-a-Lago over the weekend. And Mar-a-Lago also hosted radical broadcaster and influencer and Holocaust denier and white supremacist Nick Fuentes and also Milo Yiannopoulos, who I hadn't heard from in a long time since he was actually the keynote speaker at the Bringing America Back to Life event. Uh, last March. I haven't heard anything from him, and I did not know that he was considered to be a Holocaust denier, and I still don't. But he was one of the others who was in this uh, little contingent that came to have dinner with Trump at Mar-a-Lago. But the target here is Nick Fuentes, even more so than Kanye West, because Nick Fuentes is, like I said, an avowed, repeated Holocaust denier. He is an anti-Semite times a million, um, he has declared that Jews have stood in the way of many, many things that he thinks should be uh, advanced in the United States and around the world. Said Jews stood in the way of the Supreme Court overturning Roe versus Wade. So he blamed Jews on the abor- uh, blamed Jews for the abortion um, crisis in this country. He said he is absolutely harmed in his daily life by Jews. He has complained about the Jewry, which, of course, is a very, very loaded term that harkens back to Nazi Germany uh, when they came up with their quote-unquote final solution. I mean, it's, it doesn't get any, any worse than this guy. Kanye West, by the way, not a ton better. Recently knocking, quote, Jewish business people and wrote that he would go, quote, death con three on Jewish people. Death being the incorrect term. He meant to say death con as in defense condition. But Trump brings them to Mar-a-Lago and the world has reacted, including Trump loyalists, including Trump supporters who say this is an effing nightmare. Because now they're going to find a way to explain this away and defend and say, no, he's not anti-Semitic. No. And we know he's not anti-Semitic. Anybody who has ever heard Donald Trump, for crying out loud, his daughter's husband, who he gave a, pr- a primary role in his first administration, Jared Kushner is Jewish, for crying out loud. Trump has Jewish relatives. Trump has Jewish associates, business associates and friends. Of course he's not anti-Semitic. I know that. You know that. Anybody's paying attention knows that. He's also not a white supremacist. I know that. You know that. Anybody's paying attention knows that. But he has called those things by the media, and then he commits a self-inflicted gunshot wound by hosting a radical, Holocaust-denying, anti-Semitic, racist, white supremacist, white nationalist like Nick Fuentes at his home. That's John, It is what his, his uh, longtime Trump loyalist aide said. It's it's a blanking nightmare because then you got to find a way to answer that. Those errors in judgment are going to be his undoing. Now I've said this a million times, and I'll say it a million more between now and twenty twenty four, or actually the summer of twenty twenty three, next summer when a convention is held and we find out who our nominee is going to be. If that nominee is Donald Trump, I'm going to defend Donald Trump. I'm going to support Donald Trump. I'm going to oppose his opponent in the Democrats, and I'm going to have to answer things like this, and I can't. No answer for it. Tanya tried desperately. 
well, isn't it okay, isn't it better to have speech and, 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 and engage with these people and hear what they have to say and discuss it with No! No! And that doesn't mean you're taking away their free speech rights either. You don't invite them to your home. You don't invite them to your table and play host and, and, and them as welcome guest. If you are confronted by them in a public setting and you dress them down, that's a good place to do that. But to invite them as invited guests, it just doesn't make sense. Self-inflicted gunshot wound, period. And this is why so many people are like, I love everything that Trump stands for. And guess what? Ron DeSantis stands for all those things, too. And he doesn't bring that. And he doesn't bring the, 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 the chaos, the drama, and the baggage. That's why people are leaning in that direction. And at this stage, as I've said before, in November of 2022, that's the direction I lean. And we'll see if that direction changes over the next month or two or three or four. But President Trump is not helping himself nor the conservative movement by being the champion of MAGA and dining with people like Nick Fuentes. It cannot at his own home. He didn't bump into him in public. Fuentes didn't seek him out and stalk him and then yell questions at him and Trump engage with him. No, 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 no. He was at his home. And that can't be. Trump's statement of that, by the way, his response to that was, again, less than uh, convincing. Quote, Kanye West very much wanted to visit Mar-a-Lago. Our dinner meeting was intended to be Kanye and me only, but he arrived with a guest whom I had never met and knew nothing about. End quote. Not convincing at all. Nick Fuentes is a verified user of Trump Social. Nick, Nick Fuentes is verified essentially by everybody who follows politics as a raging, a Holocaust-denying anti-Semite, number one, or number two. And number three, how does somebody that you don't know and never met Get into Mar-a-Lago. There's Secret Service protection there? You get anywhere near a current or former president, you have to give identification. You have to. I mean, you're vetted. You can't have access to him if you're not vetted. I've been to the State of the Union address where President Trump gave uh, his uh, first address in 20, uh, uh, 2018. I was there. And I remember what I had to go through just to be in the, in, in the room. You don't get an act you don't get access to a president or former president by way of their secret service detail unless they know exactly who you are and what you're doing there. So it just rings hollow and it's just like I said the kind of self-owns or self-inflicted gunshot wound pick your little you know compare or metaphor here uh you know the the that just just don't help things. They don't help things for the Trump campaign going forward, and moreover, they don't they don't help conservatives like you and like me. Whether you're in the Trump camp right now or not, you have to defend him if you defend his presidency, and I always will. His presidency was amazing. But I don't want to have to deal with this stuff. I just don't. Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five. Right back after a quick timeout on Always Right Radio. Eleven twenty-seven. Always right. Radio on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Dan is calling us from the great state of Nebraska, where they had a huge upset win over Iowa this weekend. Hey, Dan, go right ahead. We did good. Hey, yeah, okay. Basically, I was you comment on Ron Portman and my wow. own experience, and I just thought I would uh, share maybe a uh, alternative to caving. I have. 
six children. Mm-hmm. I have two of those who are adopted. Anyway, in that course of my life, many times my children have stepped out of the faith in which they were raised. Mm-hmm. And I never compromised in calling sin, sin, if, if my understanding from Scripture, and that's the other key that I thought I'd like to mention, as Christians, our foundation for truth is the Scriptures, and not the way we were raised, not what our parents taught us, but us going to the Scriptures according uh, to the Gospels and the promise that God's Spirit will lead us into truth if we seek it. The other thing I thought of is, in terms of the world of, say, politics, our foundation is our Constitution. And no matter what the libs or the left or anybody else does, <laughs> it's still the Constitution. And as Christians, it still should be the Scriptures. And as we watch this slide away from truth and away from what is correct, little by little, each generation absorbs and accepts more either condemned by God or unconstitutional. And so we become less and less sensitive to error. So I I just thought that might be worth pointing out, because in my family, I have literally watched by standing and holding the line as a parent, my children come back. And if we don't stand and hold the line, what are they going to come back to? The next generation, if we don't hold the line on the Constitution, what are they going to have left? And so the price to compromise is so great. And the Scripture says the little uh, flies spoil the ointment and the foxes the vine. So there are no small things, really, in a sense. And I just thought I would throw my two cents in on okay. well, uh, you know, and encourage the- parents not to compromise. Yeah, and, and, and I appreciate that. And the thing with Portman, and thanks for the call, my friend, is he didn't compromise. He flat out, he, 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 he didn't compromise. He flat out surrendered. He just surrendered. I, I, the statement is still on his webpage. If you go to portman.senate.gov, his official webpage, there's an article in the Cincinnati Inquirer from March 15th, 2013, that is still posted there. Headline. Gay son leads Rob Portman to embrace same-sex marriage. The quote, It's a change of heart from the position of a father. I think we should be allowing gay couples the joy and stability of marriage. End quote. That's not even a compromise. That's a straight-up surrender. And it's why I've never voted for Rob Portman since then. It's wrong. He, he, he just completely lied to his constituents about what his position was. Said one thing to get elected? Did something different when it was, uh, you know, it suited him by way of his family uh, situation. News time coming right back. Always right, Radio AM 1420, The Answer. When Dr. Science is always left, attacks on me, quite frankly, are attacks on science. You need always right with Dr. Bob France. You're really attacking not only Dr. Anthony Fauci, you're attacking science. On AM 1420, The Answer. Portman admitted that he had wrestled with how he could reconcile same-sex marriage with his Christian faith. But ultimately, quote, it came down to the Bible's overarching themes of love and compassion and my belief that we are all children of God, end quote. 
He added that, quote, well-intentioned people can disagree on the question of marriage for gay couples, and maintaining religious freedom is as important as pursuing civil marriage rights. For example, I believe that no law should force religious institutions to perform weddings or recognize marriages they don't approve of, end quote. He also claimed back in 2013 that allowing homosexuals to marry is founded on conservative principles. Quote, we conservatives believe in personal liberty and minimal government interference on people's lives. We also consider the family unit to be the fundamental building block of society. We should encourage people to make long-term commitments to each other and build families. How, Senator Portman, can two gay men produce and build a family? How do two women build a family? That, that, that doesn't work. Biologically, that doesn't work. Can they adopt? Sure. But that's not the building block of a strong uh, society at all. The nuclear family is a mother and a father, each of whom give and offer something very, very different to their children, raising those children in the home, hopefully in a biblical-slash-Christian type of virtuous lifestyle. That's the goal. He danced circles when he changed his opinion simply because he found out his son was gay. He was all about one man, one woman. He was all about the defense of marriage as one man and one woman until he found out his son was gay, and then every principle he had was out the window. No, you're not going to change Rob Portman's mind by calling him today. You're just not about gay marriage. What you can do, though, is appeal to his sense of the First Amendment. His belief in the First Amendment, as he is on his way out the door, as he is resigning from the Senate, J.D. Vance takes his place. You can at least appeal to his sense of what is right by way of the Constitution and the First Amendment. We will lose our rights to free speech. We will lose our rights to religious liberty if this law or this bill becomes law. Call Rob Portman. Tell him to vote no tonight. No on cloture so this does not come to a vote. 202-224-3353. Leave him that message. 202-224-3353. And if you're interested in calling some of the other senators, because we need to peel off two or three or four of them to stop this, then check out the website, ohiochristianalliance.org. Actually, it's ohioca.org. That's the Ohio Christian Alliance site, ohioca.org. And you'll see the list of the other senators you need to contact, Blunt, Burr, Collins, Ernst, Loomis, uh, excuse me, Moore, uh, Murkowski, Romney, Sullivan, Tillis, and Young. All of those need to be contacted as well. Uh, Let's go back to it. Uh, We're going to hit whom? It's Jan in Greater Cleveland. Went to the top of the list. Jan, you're on the oh, air. Go right ahead. Okay. Uh, Bob, I, on Tom Kelly's radio show yesterday, he was talking about the Mar-a-Lago event. Mm-hmm. That was totally that was totally political. Uh, what he was stressing was the fact that Kanye informed Trump that he was going to run for president, and he wanted Donald Trump to be the vice president. And I guess that didn't sit well with with Donald Trump, and I, I guess he, I don't know what he did to overreact, but at that point, uh, Tom Kelly was under the impression that there was an unknown guest who came with uh, Kanye. Now, Kanye... Three is guests, playing, actually. Pardon? 
Three guests, actually. Oh, oh. well, they're, they're, I, I believe moles are very pro- prolific, and they were in the White House, and there's probably some at Mar-a-Lago. I don't think he, I, I don't think uh, Trump would have made a, a drastic mistake like that. But what do you, what do you it, mean by a mole? How, how does a mole get Nick Fuentes in with Kanye West? By approving, by approving him, him to commit. So you're saying that Donald Trump's staffers, who approve who comes and goes to Mar-a-Lago, do so without Donald Trump's knowledge or, or, or un- approval, or unless un- unless he trusts. Sometimes he trusts people, and he he might have thought, <laughs> well, if they're your if you're. He thinks Kanye is on his side. Donald Kanye Trump is. is a horrible judge of character. He is a yep. horrible judge of character. We have seen this throughout his entire four years. If there is one condemnation I have of Donald Trump's four years, of which, like I said, overwhelmingly phenomenal, it was be his, his judge of character. His appointments, so many appointments that he made, cabinet-level positions and below, but very important positions, had to be changed because they were wrong. They were the wrong people. They had the wrong ideas. They had the wrong values. They didn't support him. They didn't support the movement. They didn't afford, support America First, MAGA, etc. The one thing I would say is Donald Trump is a terrible judge of character, and and I think this would be an example of that. If this is the case, that what you're suggesting is maybe there was somebody on the staff who had it out for Trump, then how in the hell is he on the Trump staff? Uh, I mean, he's got to approve anybody who works in his home. He's got to work approve anybody who works on his staff. He's got to approve anybody who works on his campaign. And, oh, by the way, there is also the simple matter of the Secret Service, which works at Mar-a-Lago as well, providing him protection, uh, as they do for all former presidents and first ladies and so forth. Um, and all of them would have had to have just looked the other way while this raging anti-Semite and uh, Holocaust denier came in with Kanye West to a dinner. Um, if that happened that way, then Donald Trump's judgment of character is far worse than I even thought it was. But does he, he apparently, you're suggesting he thinks Kanye is his friend. He just might think. Uh, uh, that, he, do, I, he, do, he does think Kanye is his friend. Well, he, then, said so. well, then, he said so. He said so. Then, then you're right. Uh, yeah, I mean, part of his statement, part of his statement, Jan. After all of this was that you know Kanye's a guy who's having some problems lately, and he wanted to come by, and so I said, okay, you know, come on by, and and we'll talk because he's because he basically said he's a friend. Um, no, and then and then he claimed, yeah, he brought these other people with him. I thought it was only going to be the two of us. Well, again, I have to say, then, who in the hell is vetting your guests at your home? Who is coming to your dinner? To, who, is, who is approving who's coming to your dinner table? And I hope you're telling us now that you fired them. Did you fire them? Did you fire the people who approved Kanye and his entourage of three other people who came into your home uh, and bringing great shame and embarrassment to you for meeting with these people? Did you fire them? And I haven't heard him say he has. I haven't heard him say, I don't like that guy now that I know who he is, and I wouldn't have let him in had I known. Did he say that? No. All he's doing is criticizing people who are criticizing him for having the dinner and uh, and, and hosting a bunch of bad people. Well, congratulations, Kanye. You did good. You won this political battle, and you uh, really stumped Donald Trump, and now he's even more mad. Kanye is a clown, and it's such a shame. I think he's got pro. Thanks for the call, Jan. I think he's got mental issues, big-time ones. Because Kanye West, like you said, kind of, he had a lot of people on his side when he did his interview with Tucker a month ago. 
He was very popular. And now he's doing this kind of stuff and all of this anti-Semitic stuff. And now he is public enemy number, uh, well, it's up there. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate the great conversation today. Uh, Kersenow is with us tomorrow. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.